0: Hey, everyone, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode here on The Mindful Experiment, and I'm excited to share this guest with you guys. I really gelled with William, and we we had a great convo before the recording, great convo during, and it's just something that I'm very big into and uh, kind of geek out sometimes at these things, and it's just cool to geek out with someone else, and that's kind of what this is all about. Before I tell you a little about William and we get into the recording, you know, we discussed a lot of things on mental programming. We got into quantum linguistics, and he'll talk a lot about what that is because I was like, I have to ask this question. We got a little bit into VR and virtual reality. We talked about his, his company of Upgrade and what that is and how it's a mental programming company and what does it do and so much more. And to tell you a little about William, he is the CEO of Upgrade. He's one of the fastest growing mental programming companies in the United States. He's an internationally sought after mental program reprogrammer and modern embodiment of new ancient Chinese proverbs. William is an American board certified hypnotherapy instructor, certified master trainer of neuro linguistic programming and known as the Yoda of the West. High net worth individuals by the thousands have sought out the latest in mental programming, ultimately creating a tightly knit community surrounding the training and principles of Upgrade and its instructors. Through gaining total control of their thoughts, emotions, and behavioral patterns, William and the principles of Upgrade have enabled every person that has surrendered to their preconceptions and self-limiting beliefs. To achieve a personal heights and bests that they have exceeded their largest wildest previous goals. And I love that because that's something I'm extremely passionate about myself and what I do with my clients. And it was just cool to gel with someone who does that in their own way and so much more. So without any further ado, here is William Lamb.
1: William, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here.
0: Oh, I'm excited to have you on, brother. I love what you're up to. I love what you guys are doing and all this. And I can't wait to uh, dive deep with you in, in what I, I could just feel just from the beginning. This is going to be a fun combo. So, listeners, get ready. But before we get into that, how did you get into what you're doing today? What's the journey? Talk a little bit about it, if you don't mind.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I. I actually found uh, some of the materials when I first moved to the United States back in 2004 or five. Uh, during that time frame, I found myself not being able to really uh, communicate as well as I wanted to. I mean, granted, I, I barely spoke English at the time. so I started searching for ways to improve my communication. And I found some stuff, and I, I was noticing that even with a little bit of understanding and, and studying I was able to improve my communication quite drastically. And then fast forward about 10 or so years, um, I, I, was gradu- I graduated from college uh, here and, and I had a startup. It was running decently well. And yet that year, I felt like there was a huge plateau. And um, I knew that it wasn't the business. It wasn't the world outside. It was the internal world that was plateaued. So I decided, you know, it's time for me to look back into some of the things I found years ago, and that uh, potentially expand my knowledge and understanding. So I decided to to seek out. I, I did my due diligence and and found some of um, the best people I could find, and uh, went to their trainings. And um, quickly, I felt quite addicted to these trainings because I never realized how much it makes sense to to be able to function at that level and, and learning those skills to be able to unlock the mind to that level. So long story short, uh, 2015 or so, I was in this training and um, it wasn't just a training where I, you know, I felt good and I, I was able to, you know, get rid of some stuff that was holding me back, but it was very tangible in a sense that they asked me, William, so what's the one thing that when you achieve uh, will, will cause this to be the single most valuable training you've done so far and i you know at the time i was like ah good question i wanted to say you know uh, money make more money i wanted to say something else but the first thing that came out of my mouth was i'm gonna find the one um just you know the one meaning the the romantic relationship my life partner and that being said they didn't even hesitate they asked me when when would you like that and i'm like okay well how about in 5 months august 31st and and i i started to panic a little bit cuz i'm like oh man what did i just say right 5 months i i was i just left my startup at the time didn't have much of a social life cuz i was working too much and um anyway uh august 19th that year i was engaged to my wife and what was interesting though wasn't just that it, you know, it happened before the, the time frame I set. It was that I utilized their formula. I designed also, um, I designed the attributes that I wanted. I had a spreadsheet literally. And I, um, and what's even more interesting was because she, um, she was a perfect match of our, well, of, of the design that I made. But the day I set the goal was the day she broke up her, with her fiance. And I, I didn't know her. I had no physical influence on it, right So I didn't talk to her or anything at that time. and she just had a feeling, a very strong one, strong enough to break up with her soon-to-be you know husband. And so um, I look back at that time, I'm like, this cannot be a coincidence, but there's only one way to know, right? So I, I decided, you know what if I could design my other clients? What if I could design my entire you know? business and my, my life and, and all the other aspects? What if I could design the world I live in? So I began to create this blueprint that I believe and, and that I desired. Um, and, and, and very quickly, um, I started, well, my, my initial design was I wanted to work with investors, real estate investors, and, um, and who have an interest in the mind. And my very first client that I actually uh, worked with, he was a PhD in psychology and, and was a real estate investor, a new new real estate investor. And I thought, wow, once again, right? This is working. So I continue and continue. And, and uh, s- um, seven years, eight years later or so, um, here we are seven years later. And um, we we specifically work with um, mostly investors still. And um, occasionally we also work with other folks, um, entrepreneurs, um, athletes and such. But our main target is, is still investors. And I'll tell you why, this is, this is a huge part of why we do what we do, is that I believe a lot of the things that we notice in, in our reality, in our world, isn't so much happening just because Um, there's, there's, there's the shareholders, there's the, the investors behind it, right? You know, if humanity complains about pharmaceuticals, complain about healthcare, complains about government, complains about anything at all, I believe there's a shareholder behind it, not necessarily having negative intentions or positive intentions. It's just numbers. And so in, in my mind, if we can help these people upgrade their mind and, and upgrade their life and um, they have a more positive projection on their investments, collectively, we'd be able to change the world very quickly because they're the ones where where the money's coming from. And so our target audience still is investors. And frankly, a lot of our clients are very happy about what we do for them because they... Um, Although, you know, we don't promise this, as you know, um, we don't promise they will make more money, but they tend to and, and then they find themselves having even more abundance than they previously did before they work with us. And then, and then their life is better in all aspects. So that's, that's a little bit about um, the, the story of how we got started with the, with the company.
0: I love that story, man. So you, you basically just to go back a little here, you, um, you caused the breakup energetically. In other words.
1: Mm, I like the way you put it. <laughs> I like so
0: it. do you mind like taking a step or breaking this walking it down? Because people listening to this are going to be like, so you chose the date. It worked out. And then the day you declared, this is what happened. Is there like, uh, you know, you wrote out, it was like all these attributes, like an Excel sheet. So it's kind of like writing them all out. Um, yep. What was, was it? Was there other things? Was there, you know, was there visualization involved? Was there like what was that? Was there a process to what you were doing there that made that a reality for you?
1: Oh, I'd be happy to break it down. Yes. So um, the, the first process that we did was prior to my design, I had um, <clears throat> done several processes in uh, removing my beliefs about what I deserve and what I don't deserve. Because a lot of times in relationship, whether it's romantic or business or, or any relationship, people really get what they believe they deserve. Not necessarily what they deserve, but what they believe they deserve, right? At that time, I didn't believe I deserve a wonderful relationship, and I didn't even know that. And so I removed that um, in the training, and then um, I got congruent with it, uh, that I truly wanted it, which was very big as well for me. Um, and then I designed 83 attributes. Typically I recommend like 50 plus, but I, I went very specific because the more specific you get, um, the more pixels you get. So the mind has an easier time locating the coordinates or locating the, the, the result. And so um, that being said, I, I design 83 attributes, prioritize them, basically put them in like a little matrix format um, in the spreadsheet and and then I, uh, I evaluated, um, I actually designed a comparable version for myself, meaning I designed myself so that I would work on the attributes that would match what I designed for the one. It's only fair, right? So I designed a, a matching list for myself of what I expect of myself. And then I took action and just, you know, went out and was more social than I was before and uh, very quickly I was being introduced to um, actually my wife was an introduction I was introduced to her um, at, the, at the same time um, I had actually designed a network as well I designed a network that where I could actually find the ideal partner because there's typically a place where people you you want to spend time with, um, well, you you have a specific network where they tend to be. Right. So as I looked at my design for who I wanted to be with and who I wanted to be myself, I noticed, okay, there there needs to be this specific network um where these people hang out. So anyway, long story short, I found myself changing my environment. And then very quickly um, I found my wife. I
0: hope you've been enjoying this amazing episode. Here is a quick word from our sponsor. John Shookman is the host of the amazing podcast, The Real Estate Survival Guide. On this podcast, John shares knowledgeable information to help you survive in the real estate business. Less than three years ago, John was without a job and over 200000 in debt. The real estate he was able to grow his business to a successful six-figure income let his wife be a stay-at-home mom like she dreamed about and even pay off all his debt including his house On this, his show, The Real Estate Survival Guide, John shares tips and lessons with business owners to help them survive and thrive in their business. While his focus is real estate, John's real world application can be applied to any business to help you thrive and create success. John loves helping others grow their businesses and will be honored to help you along your entrepreneurial journey. John loves helping people through short 10-minute episodes on Mondays and Fridays and interviews with amazing business owners who have created amazing success on Wednesdays. Be sure to check out his show and feel free to connect with him as it would be honored to help you grow your business. All right. Information. You can find out more about this in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. But now let's go ahead and let's get back to the show. I love that. I think that's uh it's just a cool story. And you know, you, you um, I love the aspect of how not only did, because a lot of people say, just write down all these things and just make that happen. You took it one step further, I think was just monumental from the work I do. And just seeing that is that you said, Mm -hmm. who do I have to be also? What attributes do I need to have also? Did I get that right?
1: Yep. Yeah. and,
0: And so for me, I'm like, that's, that's huge because a times a lot of people just like in business or in life and so forth, we always go looking, well, this is what I want to want, this is what I have to achieve, this is what I want to get to, I want to double, triple, 10 X, whatever that may be. But we never go and say, well, who do I have to be to have that? Who do I have to show up to do that? And then you change your environment on top of it. Uh, whether it's the being aspect that created that, right? Cause you, you made a choice or whatever, but I just think that's just huge. And uh, what a cool story.
1: Thank you yeah if I may add to the environment um, side of things when when I change my environment, it also force a change inside of me, because really oftentimes some would say the the environment the external environment is a collective projection of our neurology, right so different people within that environment are are projecting collectively on this, and so if I change the the environment it 's almost like reverse engineering the the change and the shift that i have to create within myself
0: yes i uh, couldn't agree with you more and then the, you know and then also too like it enforces you to do that but then you also have that law of association coming in right yeah. and that's going to play an imprint on you also and so it's uh it's cool stuff man that's why i love the story so much um before we get into a couple other things i want to ask you one question what is quantum linguistics <laughs>
1: Nice. Nice. I, I think uh, our marketing team put that in there.: It is a they, real. They thing.
0: did. I just had to ask, because I was like, before I get into, what, I have another question on something else to continue, but I was like, let me just get this. This is a perfect segue before I do that.:
1: <laughs> Yes. Yes, it, it is a real thing, but our, our marketing team loves the name. So um, quantum linguistics is essentially um, a different way of using language than the standard, linear ones and zeros. Um, I remember seeing that because uh, you went to ASU in computer engineering, right? Computer science, but yeah,
0: that's what I was mm-hmm. going for.
1: Got it, got it. And um, there's the the ones and zeros that we we understand, um, you know, that the standard logic, right? Ones and zeros. Um, but in quantum logic or, or Cartesian logic, there's the one zero zero one zero zero and one one which is a different way of doing those, that logic, right? And, and in linguistics, oftentimes, we're thinking either or, meaning I can either have great health or I can have a very successful business. That alone is a program that's quite default for a lot of people. It's that one or zero. And, and or, you know... Uh, people would say, I can either have a fantastic relationship or I can have the fitness that I want. And people have these beliefs oftentimes that are running in the background that they're not even aware of, right? And or I can either work really hard and have you know more success or I can just be lazy and relax and not make money. Different things like that may seem normal, but oftentimes those are false beliefs based on the structure of one or zero. Whereas in quantum Linguistics, what we do utilizing quantum linguistics, it, it is accompanied by the quantum way of thinking where you can have the wealth and the health, and you can do it effortlessly. And so a lot of it, yeah, go ahead. You were going to say No, no,
0: something. no, you're, you're, you're keep going. Sorry.
1: Yeah, uh, you're good. So it's just a fantastic way of using language. And I can give you some examples in a bit too. Uh, using language to break down the standard logic and cause people to rethink what's really possible.
0: I love that, especially when you get into the programming side of things. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't go, I didn't graduate with it, but I did a year of it. And it's like, it just comes so easily to me. Now, one thing I'll ask about programming, isn't there also programming that's, you know, you know, we have the binary and then there's also tertiary. We have, you know, a zero a one. And then, a um, it like a neutral or like there's a positive negative and then there's a neutral. I, I forgot what they call it. Um, oh,
1: Gotcha. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't use everything from computer science. Um, mm-hmm. But the quantum linguistics is definitely a way to help people rethink. Um, here's, here's actually the, the big perspective on this, is that just by the way we use our language, we limit our programming because the words we say, don't, they don't actually describe our reality, but they define our reality. So when people speak in a certain way, using the one or zero, just the, the, the binary, right? The, the standard logic what they find is that inherently puts a structure of limitation on their life. Um, But when they switch to learning or speaking uh, or both, right, uh, quantum linguistics, they find themselves naturally removing a huge barrier, a huge limitation, um, and anything is possible. I know
0: you gave an example of like, you know, you can have one or the other, right? And instead it's like, well, you can have both if you choose to. And that's been like my mission. And what I do is like, I just literally just did a workshop on like business owners. You can have your cake and eat it too. Like you you don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to do all these things we've been told. Um, Is there other examples you have how quantum, like using quantum linguistics, how that works?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, um, A lot of times, the quantum linguistics um, that we use, um, you'll find the word not in there. So in human language, we use the word not a lot. We use a lot of negation. Um, Negation is oftentimes not processed by the unconscious mind. Um, it's, it's, It's a conscious process of negation. Meaning, if I say don't think of a pink elephant, right? We think of a pink elephant and then have to replace it with something else so that you know, one can think about something else other than the pink elephant. Um, and or if we drive down the freeway, of course, we're, we're safe and healthy. Um, we, we've seen signs where it says, you know, um, don't text and drive. I'm like, I wasn't thinking about texting before, but now I am, right? Um, oftentimes society function in a way that is using negation in a, in a very binary, um, frankly, not so helpful way. In quantum linguistics, one of, a very, one of the very simple examples is um, literally using the knot in places that people don't expect. Um, for example, if I don't want someone to purchase something, um, well, if I want someone to purchase something, but I don't want them to have that, um, that resistance and or feel like there's pressure, I would say, hey, I don't want you to think about buying today. Now imagine being an investor and be able to use that um, to pitch a deal, right? I don't expect you to commit today. What really goes on in the mind is committing today, but it releases the pressure. So that's a very simple example of um, one of the tools from quantum linguistics is using the word not in places, um, and of course, in combination with tonality and such,
0: That's pretty cool stuff. I like it. This this is. uh, I can go down a whole rabbit hole with you on this and so much more. Yeah, but we know there's other things. Uh, I have some other questions I want to you know dive into. Some of the things that you're working on or doing, and I know there may be some things we can discuss, some things we can't. But I thought it'd be great to go down this whole this path is um, virtual reality. I, I I got exposed to some of this from a mindfulness standpoint. About five, six years ago, I was doing uh, flotation tanks or uh, sensory dep- deprivation tanks that I, 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 before moving to Knoxville, I, I did them uh, every month for the last seven years. And so one of the times they were telling us about their VR and how they're helping people with diving deeper into meditation, psychedelic effects and, you know, losing the fear of death and all these stuff. It was really cool. And I was like, man, this is different than what I was hearing VR does. And so then when you're mentioning VR, I'm thinking, oh, man, I want to know what, what you can share on this. Uh, just for the listeners and so forth. So, how are you guys using virtual reality for what you're doing and so forth?
1: Ah, uh, yes. So um, we offer. Um, well, let me put it this way: the VR is really like the the TV, um, the TVs, the color you know TV when it came out versus the the radio, right? Which is the current day, you know, two D television. Um, it's it's an immersive way of experiencing a new reality and oftentimes in vr you build somewhat of a memory of what you experience rather than just a dissociated vision of like a movie or entertainment so vr has significantly more impact and um also causes people to build uh the memory that we spoke of um and then because of that they tend to be able to utilize resources that they gather from their memory more so than just a dissociated image. Um, that being said, we, we have partnered with a company called Jump um, by Limitless Flight. What, um, I'm, I'm their executive producer um, on the team. And what we do is essentially utilizing virtual reality uh, base jumping and wingsuit jumping to help people um, experience a reduction of fear and fear of height, as well as, frankly, allowing people to experience a potential flow state. Um, we're doing research on that to, to see how um, much we can claim, but essentially our goal is to induce a flow state um, on demand where people can go and jump and it's, it's perfectly safe, of course, because it's in VR, but also be able to experience this without any risk um, and the, the large financial investment, um, but most importantly, be able to remove or reduce their fear of height. And and oftentimes, this I'll say this one more thing. Um, when someone removes fear in one area of their life, they tend to also experience a cross-contextual benefit with that removal. So they may have, they may find themselves experiencing a reduction of fear in other areas of their life. So we'd love to measure that and see if we can help people that are coming through um, to become, you know, more inspired to do what they want to do, have less fear, which I think would be a huge benefit to humanity.
0: Oh, massively. Talk about the transformation of life. I think this is a cool concept because, you know, just any way we can stimulate to like, see how the fear, you know, like for me, I, I have a fear of, Heights or just being in certain things, like I don't go. I don't like going on roller coasters. Cool thrill, I've done them, um, but it's like it's just not my thing. But, but I remember when I first went on my big roller coaster ride, I was scared. I was probably pale, clammy, sweat the whole nine yards, and then two hundred foot drop. And after that, I was screaming and yelling, and no drop affected me ever since for the rest of the day, which was a cool feeling. But if you asked me, hey, hey, we're going to go on roller coasters again. You want to come? Nope, I'm good. That's just that's not my thing. But to overcome that was huge because it was something that was holding you back. Do you, When it comes to facing your fears or breaking through that, you said there's also other things that you'll break through. Is it because you build more confidence? You had an awareness to like, hey, I had this fear and I came over it. Man, what else can I go over? Does that kind of like how the mind will kind of shift its way to that?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, it reminds me um, when we were building this, it reminds me of um, – two things. One is um, Batman Begins with Christian Bale back in the day when I, I remember watching him. Um, the moment he became Batman, in my opinion, was when he dropped down into that, that cave and, and took out his flashlight and, and all the bat flew towards him. And it was his worst fear, um, you know, childhood trauma, whatever, worst fear. And he found himself opening up, standing up, embracing that moment. And the moment that he became Batman was really the moment he overcame his worst fear. And it wasn't, you know, when he was doing all the other things that, you know, that was in the movie after, but it was that moment when he overcame his worst fear. So I I think that there are some things we still have to measure, um, you know, in terms of scientifically, but also what I've seen in, um, we typically run trainings on mental programming, Um, and we've noticed our participants that go through it and we help them remove their fears. They find themselves experiencing some very cross contextual benefits, um, whether it's in relationship or in money and, or in other things. And, um, so we would like to prove it with this, um, experience that we were putting together in VR.
0: So cool, man. So cool to do that. And so you're, you're not only doing it for like is, is it all types of fears that you're looking at doing or is it just that one specific for now?
1: We're starting with that for now and then we'll see where it goes. I think this is, a, yeah, this is one of those things where there are a lot of applications and we could potentially expand it to other really cool experiences. One thing I will say is if we can simulate a very intense extreme sport, we believe we have the confidence to simulate other things And in life, right, we can learn through simulation or a school of hard knocks. Uh, Simulation oftentimes throughout history has been just trainings, Um, people going through trainings, whether it's as an apprentice or going through training like modern day, we go to a training, a seminar. Um, Oftentimes you can pick up, you know, whatever you pick up and it's simulated where you have problems, you have to solve it and you, you learn the solution without having to experience the actual event or challenge um we want to be able to utilize vr to simulate a lot of challenges that people face and be able to help them remove it so that they they no longer have to face it in real life
0: man what a game changer that's going to be i'm excited to hear more about that as time comes on i think it's gonna be one of those things like just to say hey it's kind of like um kind of like in the matrix in a sense, right? You can, don't have to go through the experience. You can just, you know, create it, download, like not download, but you are downloading to a certain degree, changing neurology, but uh, be able like, yeah, I'm going to go through this experience and it's going to help me, prepare me to handle this better and break through this.
1: Yes, we actually have the technical director of the matrix um, on our board of advisors.
0: Get out. That's, that's awesome. I love it.
1: Yeah, we'll have to send you an invite when, when, the, when we're opening up. So
0: I would love to, I'd love to, love, love to, especially my my new book. I'm writing a new book, and it's called Decoding the Matrix. So,
1: <laughs> oh, nice.
0: So, so uh, I'm very big into this stuff. So this is awesome. No, I, I think this is this is the thing about I think where it comes to like just being able to reprogram people in ways and use different tools and techniques. And I think this is VR is one of them that that uh, I got exposed to early, you know, a few years back to where I I, I saw the potential and I was like, wow, this is cool. This can this can be, you know, a, a game changer. Imagine people going through the experience of like, like death is a big one, right? Besides public speaking, death is right up there. And imagine just, you know, being able to have people not have that fear of death anymore. That's when you can actually start living.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed.
0: It's, it's going to be cool to ripple effect you guys make. So cool. That's really awesome. Um, and so, you know, helping people then, um, upgrade, right? And looking at you know the, the mission is to upgrade people's lives and so forth. And, and this is one way you're doing it through the VR aspect and breaking through fears and all those kind of things. Other other things that you that you're you guys are passionate about and doing to help uh, humanity, you know, raise their consciousness, break through barriers, and help them, you know. Exp- I would I, I'm maybe projecting words here, but just like experience more of who they really are.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like we live in a fear-based civilization at this moment, at this point of our evolution as as the whole. And there's a lot of things, um, whether in media or in, in other aspects of um, communication, where we feel and or find other people, um, whether ourselves feel it or not, finding other people feeling this fear. And so in Upgrade, what we do um, is that we're we're strong believers of, you know, it doesn't have to be, that one or zero, right? People don't have to win and other people have to lose type of thing. We can all win together. There's more abundance than one can dream of no matter where they came from. So um, we, we wanna be able to help people upgrade their minds so that they can begin to see these new options and new possibilities. And uh, we do it very specifically through uh, a protocol, essentially, that we call upgrade, literally. And, um, and through this protocol, we take people through the removal of specific things, um, like fear, anger, sadness, um, hurt and guilt and shame and a number of other things. But we do it in a very, um, sort of like engineering rather than actually like, we're going to come heal you type of thing. Right. That's not what we say. I mean, we, I can't even use that word anyway. Um, but we, we essentially Um, do programming to help people remove certain emotions and then we help people install specific emotions like confidence, um, excitement, motivation, really by design. And then we tie that to um, a completely new idea of what life could be. Because people, uh, this is a good way to put it, every one of us has about 4,092 ancestors in the last 400 years that created us parents, grandparents, great grandparents, all of those add up on both sides to about 4,092 people. Um, And if we think about what is being shared during dinner, um, during, you know, family time, um, or just in passing, we hear different things from family members. And we oftentimes, especially when we're between zero to seven, we're downloading their programs and accepting it as facts. So kids, are literally being programmed by their parents and their parents were programmed by their parents. So 4,092 people in 400 years, that's a lot of different kinds of programs. And many of them just keep passing on the same program, right? Gets reinforced every generation. Um, what I believe is that if we can help people remove some of those programmings that no longer serve them, because the world is evolving and those of us who don't remove the old programs and evolve our, our new, you know, our program to become the new us, oftentimes experience scarcity in different aspects of their lives. And um, and then not to mention, right, in the last hundred year um, or 200 years, how many wars have been um, impacting humanity in all regions of the world. And those wars also built different programs of scarcity. Right, and and here in the U.S., there was that you know Great Depression, and then on top of it, the different world wars and Vietnam and Korean. All of those wars create a certain level of, uh, well, I would say not just scarcity, but fear-based programming, as well as um, different type of programming that may or may not be healthy for the people's neurology, right, and and their their behaviors. So our goal in Upgrade is to help people remove the stuff that no longer serve them. And keep the things that serve them, and then develop new programs that allow them to experience their truest potential, which I believe it's it's infinite.
0: Amen to that. No, I, I totally get everything you're sharing here, and it's it's one of those concepts of like you're talking about the generational stuff. We even know from just from a, a, a genetic standpoint, you actually, um, I used to say this to moms, like you're gonna pass down genetically what your life was, and then all the life behind that those memories and those conditions, those things will get passed down for survival purposes. And people thought I was crazy when I was in practice early on saying this. Well, then studies came out showing that it's true, that we actually do pass down our experiences. And if you think of how like biology lives and how we survive as a species, well, if we can take our, our experience of life and then genetically pass it instinctively into our offspring, they already have a snapshot of what life is like and they can survive better in that concept, right? I, for me, when I sit back and look at that, that makes pretty much uh, much sense. And what you're sharing is so true. And, I, and this is why I talk about in my book, about the matrix, because it's all about your, these programs, right? They all exist and they all influence in some way, shape or form. And if we're not aware of it, well, then we're conditioned, we're programmed, and we're an offspring of that, unless we break through. And I think what you're doing, the work you're doing, and many others is like, we're, we're starting to look at life totally different to where we don't have to like, you know, like even nothing against therapy. I'm just using therapy as an example. Like if you go to a therapist, it's like six months to a year to process through where there's new, I mean, I I've even been part of this where there's things you can do and you can get right to the root and reprogram in that process. And all of a sudden it shifts the whole entire person's experience and they can see in a whole different realm just by just getting
1: to where the root is. Yes. I totally resonate with this. I mean, as technology evolves, so does the technology of the mind. So the things that we can do for people nowadays is so much faster, more effective than you know some of the old methods from many many decades ago.
0: And I think this is where, like you know, from the spiritual side of things, they talk about like we're in the age of Aquarius, and what that means is for those who are some, people, some of my listeners, are like, what the heck is he talking about age of Aquarius? You might be even saying the same thing, um, but it's one of those things where we're shifting from homo sapiens and we're trans transitioning or transforming into hopos, homo spiritus, which means we're connecting more of the spirit, which means that things are going to happen way faster. We could change things so much quicker. I mean, Nikola Tesla said this in 1901 that if we just, if we focus and look at everything from energy, frequency and vibration, what we will transcend in a short period of time, just you see that would be the fastest humanity has ever seen in the last hundred, 200 years.
1: I love it. I love it.
0: And so it, when you said that everything is like, there's limitless, there's no, so is there really any limits um, to human beings to a certain degree?
1: According to a gentleman named Robert Monroe, who uh, used to research for, um, some would say the agency, um, he, his statement, he said, um, the greatest illusion is that humanity has limitations
0: See, and I I can agree with that because even like some people back, my back thinking or background thinking used to be like, we are, um, there's limitations of matter. There's only so much matter can do, but you know, we're starting to, but if you really look at energy in its essence, or look at a, a atom, you know, or just look at the physical body, we can take up all our mass and it's, it's like this, the amount of mass we have in our entire body compared to space is like a penny on a football field. Yeah. Right. And so you, th- so you, you start thinking about that and you're like, all right, so for energy, then then what the heck can we do and how can we need? We just, I always tell people, like if well, people may think we have limitations. I'm like, we just haven't learned how to manipulate energy yet. That day's coming. It's going to happen. We're getting there. We're working closer to it. And uh, some of the work you're doing here, I think this is, it, it's a key to help people because when you start to shift these things that you're talking about, this is all relating to energy because imagine how heavy fear is, right? An emotion like that, a fear of something. Um, I always call fear, the dream killer. I call it the, the, the life, uh, it's the life vampire just sucks the life right out of you. Um, and now all of a sudden you give somebody an opportunity to break through their fear. And now all of a sudden they don't have that holding them down. Can they now take things to the next level and how high, how far can they go?
1: I love it. It's so true. And, and, you know, that is our mission to, to help show people, that there is literally no limitations. And granted, during this journey, we're exploring what really, what that really means, right? So a part of it is our own curiosity. And part of it is I want to see how much benefit it can bring humanity.
0: Love it, man. I can't wait to hear more about it. But before we wrap up, William, how can people find you follow you keep up with everything that you're doing and so forth?
1: I appreciate that. So we have, um, we have a couple of ways. Um, one, people can always go to our website. Um, it's called uh, theupgrade.com. We're going to transfer. Uh, I'll just say this. It's spelled as T-H-E-U-P-G-R-D.com. And, um, and then people can also look up our podcast. We have a podcast uh, on iTunes and Spotify. It's called God Mode. Um, coming from the uh, video game metaphor of God Mode, where it's like the cheat code to creating a new reality, right? That, that cheat code to mental performance. So we call it God mode, win or win Baker. Um, so people can get, get in touch with us um, or follow us that way. And on our website, they have ways to schedule a time to speak with our team as well. So it's T-H-E-U-P-G-R-D.com.
0: And for all the listeners, I'll have that in the show notes. Uh, I totally love the God mode thing, man. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you mm-hmm. said it, I was like, oh, hey, where is he going with this? Is this a video game? And as soon as you said it, I'm like, yep, I love that. So cool. Uh, William, it's, it was a blast having you on, brother. I appreciate you taking some time to share with all of us here at the, the Mindful Experiment and sharing your wisdom and what you're up to and so much more. Uh, from the man of Yoda of the West. I love that title of you, by the way.
1: Um, hey, thanks Martin. for
0: taking the time to be here with us.
1: Thank you so much. Really appreciate you and your energy and time as well.